This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, baseball's proposal to the players. They were appropriately covering all their bases and then some. And we'll get to some of the and then some. Drew talks with Scott Oberg, Rockies reliever and players rep. His thoughts on the latest proposal. There is definitely some optimism with what we've seen. You know, we're willing to do what it takes. And if that means maybe curbing some habits, at least being maybe a little bit more conscious about certain things and, you know, maybe what we'll have to do. Also, Drew and Julie respond to one player's notion he'd be risking his life to play. If you really feel like that, then don't play. I mean, if don't play, really stay home. Don't play baseball this season. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Podcast number 45, the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. And we once again have not seen each other in weeks and weeks, and we've never, ever gotten along any better. There's, <laughs> no, something, to like, There's something to this. This is good for our relationship. <laughs> this is wonderful for our relationship. I think every marriage should probably uh, utilize such a, a thing, right? Every marriage should have a Zencaster. Every marriage should have a Zencaster. <laughs> People are going, what the hell is a Zencaster? That's how we record uh, on our respective laptops yep. this uh, audio. Yeah. Anyhow, hope everybody's doing well out there. We have Scott Oberg on today, and it's always good catching up with Scott. First of all, he's a really, really bright guy, talented a late inning pitcher, as everybody knows, who's a Rockies fan, certainly. But it's going to be interesting in chatting with Scott this week as well, because he is a player rep and he is um, right up to speed or in tune naturally with all of the issues and some of the things that are being discussed behind closed doors or on Zoom meetings. So we'll get to Scott in a little bit. Julie, I was thinking about this the other day, I continue to have really weird dreams. Mm-hmm. Are you still having strange dreams? No, I'm I'm good now. At the start of this whole thing, I was having strange dreams, and then I found out that everybody else was having strange dreams. But I think now I'm I'm settled in. Are you still having weird dreams? I still have different dreams. I don't know if they're weird. They're just different. Some of them are more vivid than others. This was not a dream that I want to share with you. I was in my closet. The other day, not a strange place to be because the closet has clothes and one that should be clothed every day, even though uh, you don't have to get very dressed up. I wear shorts and, you know, a workout shirt every day. So mm-hmm. I, I looked at my ties and my suits and I take great pride in dressing well during the season or if I'm doing a football or basketball game, that sort of thing. Julie, I, I may have to get online to remember how to tie a friggin' tie. <laughs> Wait, that was your dream? No, that wasn't a dream. That was a live thought. I went, I walked in my closet. I saw all the, you know, the nice clothes and I'm like, shoot, I haven't put one of those things on in forever. Am I going to remember how to put on a tie? I'm telling you real clothes stink. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball, and you're going to be wildly uncomfortable. But when you said something about a dream, have you ever had a dream about a coworker? As in being intimate with a coworker? I knew where you were going with this. It's so odd. Let me do a quick perusal of my memory bank and tell you. Tell it. No, but in the interest of full. No, no, I'm I'm being honest. I'm not trying to be. I I don't remember any dreams, Uh but have I worked with in 30 some odd years some women who you found very, very attractive? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I think a lot of our audience probably can go, oh, yeah, it's just so odd when you have one of those dreams to see the person the next day. Because you can't say anything, right? Hey, you're not going to believe the dream I had last night. <laughs> so you and I were, 
Now, I don't, I listen, have I had one of those? Probably. I don't remember any off the top of my head, but again, there have been people you have worked with mm-hmm. who you felt like, wow, that person's a knockout. Right. Okay. Well, I don't really, okay. Speaking of hot people, this is a mm-hmm. terrible segue. We're going to do what's hot with Boyers. We're going to get off that subject before we both get in any kind of trouble. Here's what's hot drew to me. And I, I daily want to read about this, this proposal the 60-second page proposal that Major League Baseball gave to the union to talk about baseball coming back in early July. It's extensive, and there's a lot of things in there. While maybe inconvenient, if the players want to play again and baseball wants to play again, you're just going to have to do. True, and as you put it, it is a proposal. A lot of those ideas are exactly that. They're suggestive. Uh, You'll hear from Scott Oberg in a little bit the players really appreciated its thoroughness mm-hmm. as opposed to giving handing out a one sheet saying, hey, listen, make sure you wash your hands and and don't sneeze on one another and, and try to keep your distance and, and let's go ready break. They were appropriately, in my mind, covering all their bases and then some. And we'll get to some of the and then some. Uh, It does not mean that every one of those things will be agreed upon or implemented, but I do know that it was well-received by the players in its thoroughness. Oh, that's good news. I mean, some of it, okay, let's let's talk about some, uh, really it's the players will not be wearing masks on the field, but every place else, like in the dugout, they'll be wearing masks, sitting six feet apart. And if you're not in the dugout, you could be sitting in the stands. And obviously this, this doesn't include fans. That's not, that's not strange, right? Um, no spitting. There's no tobacco spitting, which they, you know, frowned on before, but no sunflower seeds. And some people were aghast at that. I kind of feel like if you want to play baseball again, you can give up your sunflower seeds. I think most of the guys, and we'll get into some of the, for me, comments that were devoid of great thought that took place in the last week. We'll get to that in a moment. But Julie, it is going to require significant change from the normal way that players go about their business, their preparation, what they do on the field. Do I think that everything is going to be to the letter of the law? No. If I'm standing out in left field and I spit, nobody's within 150 feet of me, First of all, they're not going to consciously think about it because baseball players spit and they grab and right. Uh, so it's going to be hard to curtail that completely. Is somebody going to run out there and say, Charlie Blackman, I just saw you spit in right field. That's a $5,000 fine. I don't think that's going to occur. I think a lot of these rules are let's think about really be conscious of going forward this year. That's how I that's how I look at a lot of these rules, because some of them, Julie, I I know you read through a a good portion. I didn't read 67 pages, but I know it was highlighted. For instance, one that and and don't take this the wrong way, because the spirit of what the owner sent to the players was absolutely right on. Let's make it as absolutely safe as possible. Let's alleviate as many concerns as possible. Then we'll get to the financial piece. Let's get do this together and, and get baseball back on the field. So the idea behind it, uh, I back 100%. But, you, you know, you can have fun with a few things. For instance, did you see the one, Jules, where the nine players that come off the field after getting three outs are supposed to all wash their hands every half inning? 
So, but you got to stay six feet apart. You've seen where that little bathroom is down the steps in the dugout toward the clubhouse around the corner. It's a tiny little bathroom. So everybody's spread out six feet. And then I yell to the person in front of me, hey, Nolan, you're fifth on line, but dude, you're on deck right now. You can't wash your hands. Get out of there. I'll take your I mean, it's kind of funny a little bit. I- it is going to, the. I think when baseball does come back, because I think they will enforce a lot of things that may um, down the line as games go on may not be as strict. But I think initially it's going to be really quite interesting to watch. One of them is they are discouraging guys from taking showers after a game. Okay. Right. That's fine. Uh, one is on the road. They don't want anybody to take Lyft or Uber. Um, and then on the road, they basically be quarantined to the hotel unless they get special permission. So those things are going to change, but I read those things Drew, And I think, okay, I think they're doable, right? I think a lot of them are doable, and I do think a lot of them will be massaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, going out at all on the road, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying hey, you, you're not going to a nightclub, but to to get out and get some fresh air. Everything I've read, Julie, you're safer outside right. because you you're not in a confined area. the The air is obviously circulating. You are safer outside from everything I've read. In terms of not taking Uber to the ballpark. They're going to have like instead of an early bus and a late bus, they're going to have like six different buses. So that's never going to be an, an issue uh, for a player who wants to go at noon or a player who wants to go at two in the afternoon. There's going to be plenty of options to get themselves uh, to the ballpark. I think, as I said, some of these will be altered a little bit. Some will be massaged. And quite honestly, some that will be implemented, they'll they'll be not abused intentionally, but less stringently followed once we get into uh, the midst of a season. I also think this, Julie, has this crossed your mind? Mm. With all of the testing that's going to take place and with all of the directives from a health standpoint that they're trying to implement, is the ballpark for these guys not going to be the safest place on earth? They're going to be a hell of a lot safer there than going to King Supers or Safeway, right? Yeah. Well, that yeah. Right. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be, that is going to be the safest, cleanest place that they, I guess, could be at. Now, there's a few things on a big scale that's coming out of this as the ESPN did a report talking to um, a lot of the players, talking to managers, athletic trainers, executives, a lot of people. Here are some big picture things that may have to be worked on. So the big thing is, remember, as we've been going through this for a couple months, if you know, obviously, if you're you're positive, you're quarantining. But we've been told if you're if you are around somebody that tested positive, you have to quarantine too. Well, according to this proposal, that's they wouldn't do that. Like if if a player became positive, that doesn't mean the guys that were with him also get quarantined. So that's something that's I guess raising a few eyebrows that I think has to be worked out. Um, it's been brought up that now Major League Baseball is competing with medical providers for all those all that PPE that to me, I think will get worked out as more as this PPE comes out. This was interesting. MLB, as they're making this proposal, they never talked to any government officials in the big cities <laughs> on if it was okay. Now I think government officials really want sports to come back. I think governors and mayors want to sports to come back, but I think they have to incorporate that part as well. So there's still, 
as much as you and I wanted baseball, we want to talk about, okay, they made a deal. There's still some big things I think to be worked on. Julie, there's still hurdles, but I think all those hurdles uh, can be overcome. The financial piece can be overcome. The medical stuff will be tricky. It'll be complex. Mm-hmm. The baseball as a whole, I know it's been publicly stated, I think by Rob Manfred, that they have been in constant touch with the CDC. They have somebody from the CDC, I think, who is a member of their committee right now who's been advising them or several somebodies from the health department or from with, with significant you know, background in medicine and science. So it's not, it's not a bunch of baseball guys saying, hey, what else should we implement here from a, a science standpoint? They are consulting continually and did so with coming up with the 67 pages that they turned over to the players union on uh, on Friday. It, it, I know it, it seems sometimes, wow, what a big hill to climb, but I, I really do believe they can overcome it as long as there is a will. And every player I've talked to, despite the comments of Blake Snell last week, every player I've talked to and they talk to players, they want to play. Mm-hmm. They want to play because that's what they do. Yes, they want to get paid. Yes, the vast, vast, vast majority of them understand that they're not going to get paid full freight for a season that's not going to have 162 games. It's why what what Blake Snell said was foolish. He said he didn't want to risk his life, Julie. Mm -hmm. Risk his life, first of all, nobody wants to risk their life. And he said, I'm not going to risk my life for half pay, but I basically will for full pay. So what exactly are you saying? And is there not anybody in his family or his close circle of of friends or relatives that is not hurting right now with unemployment or lost wages. Very foolish statement, very naive statement from my standpoint, uh, given the fact that we have the largest unemployment in the history of the country. It is the highest rate since the depression. And you're going to come out and say, you're not going to, if you don't get all mine, I think was his, uh, the phrase he used, which is over $7 million. Uh, that that he's not interested in playing. I thought it was a very foolish statement, and it was received publicly uh, pretty much as such. Yeah, there was hundred percent. Everything that he said was was a little ridiculous. I thought that when he said, and this is, I know a lot of people have opinions on this. I haven't heard anybody yet that said yes, I agree with him because they realize what it. You know, it just sounded like a foolish statement. But when he said, you know, hey, I should be paid my full amount because I'm risking my life. Really, we just pointed out you will be in the safest place possible. And guess what, Blake? So do the rest of us when we walk out the door, right? And if you're really, you really feel like you're risking your life, if you really feel like that, then don't play. I mean, if then don't play. Really, Stay home. Right. Like if you Stay really home. think you're, you're going to lose your life, you're fine financially. Don't play baseball this season. Julie, we take a risk every day when you walk out of the house, right? There, there's varying risks. In, in everything. And I'm not trying to mitigate um, how dangerous COVID is. For the vast majority of people, they're going to they're going to deal with it if they were to get it and be okay. Um, unfortunately, it also has claimed over 100,000 people's lives in our country and, and far more than that worldwide. So it's not a joke. We all understand that. But when you make a statement like that, when you are going to be in a safer environment at the ballpark than if you go to King Supers. And how about the cashier who's making $15 an hour at King Supers working eight to 10 hour shifts? 
those are people that are at much greater risk than you're going to be in the ballpark with all of the precautions uh, and the safety nets that are being implemented. You know, I just read a story about a, um, a second King Supers worker that just died. Um, so that's somebody that, 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 those are the people that, you know, are really, um, at risk and that it is, it's, it's, it's terrible to read. Um, okay. So let's switch. Real, real, real quick, Julie, because I know you're in lockstep with me because you work with first responders in Adams County fire. Those are the people who are putting their butts on the line day in and day out, the nurses, the doctors, the healthcare workers. Right. So to have the audacity, honestly, the absolute audacity to, to come out and make that statement. And Drew, this is the last thing I think I'll say about it is this was the same guy that on Twitter, he was um, kind of making fun of the coronavirus when it first came out. So that right. tells you everything you need to know, right? Yeah, he's done a 180. Yeah, so that that's what we think about him. So, But I am looking forward to your interview with Scott Oberg because he is the union representative for the Colorado Rockies and has more insight than either you or I do. So we're going to hear from him right after we take a break and right after we hear from Marky about Boyer's Coffee. Boyer's Coffee was born in the Rocky Mountains. And as we've had a moment to pause and reflect, Boyer's Coffee is aligning its product offerings with names that are Colorado crafted and breathe local into the community. Just as the Boyer's Denver blend reminds us of the Mile High City and Rocky Mountain Thunder reminds us of our majority Majestic Mountains. The new Aspen Gold reminds us of the picturesque Golden Mountainside in the fall. After all, Boyer's is the legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster and can't wait for everyone to enjoy the smooth tasting roasts that embody what it means to be from Colorado. Marky, thanks very much. We love our Boyer's coffee. I was just talking to somebody earlier today about Boyer's coffee. Hey, we also love our friends at Ideal Home Loans. Give them a call, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. Brent Ivinson's team is simply outstanding. They've been lending money in this market and down in Arizona, by the way, since 2001. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Rates are fantastic right now, so there's a number of reasons you can give them a call. You may be in the market for buying a house. I have a house for sale if you're interested. Give me a call. Um, or you want to consolidate debt or you want to make your mortgage payment smaller. That is a wise decision. And the wisest decision you could make would be, call, would be to call our friends at Ideal Home Loans because rates are absolutely fantastic right now. And they're going to take great care of you from start to finish. Give them a call. Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. Each week, they provide us with our interview of the week. And today's interview is with Rocky's late-inning specialist, Scott Oberg, who is also involved as a player rep for the Colorado Rockies. First of all, you are a, you are a player rep. For the uninitiated, what does a player rep do and uh, take us through your role? The responsibilities that I kind of hold are basically trying to relay as much information as I possibly can um, from the leadership side of things to the rest of our, our players. Um, you know, I'm kind of in a lucky, fortunate position where I was around some smarter guys before me. And, you know, I have a lot of help with a guy like Daniel Murphy, who's been involved with union affairs for as long as he's been in the league. And he's been on the executive. So, you know, normally when I have 
a lot of questions. I, I typically turn to him because he's very, very well informed. He understands um, a lot of the issues that are um, present typically at the moment. He understands a lot of the background and the history behind a lot of the issues. So you know, it, it helps to have guys like him that I can lean on to then turn around and relay messages to to other guys on the team so that they're um, informed on how things are transpiring. Hey, one of, the, one of the things that I'm impressed with lately and I applaud is that very little has leaked out, at least in the last week or so, because I think that all sorts of negotiations like this need to happen truly behind closed doors, behind, uh, I guess, a Zoom call in this particular instance, because it does no good to uh, invite the public behind those closed doors because it can, you know, who knows when it gets contentious or if things are exaggerated, that sort of thing. So given that premise, how frequently are talks being engaged between the two sides and, and how often are you getting updates from the union side? Tough to necessarily 100% agree about the leaks, but, you know, some of, at least currently, some of the jockeying seems to have been out in the public a little bit more, I think, than, than maybe um, both sides maybe would have liked. I don't, I'm not sure. I can't speak for, for everybody, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it, it definitely is in everybody's best interest if we're able to have sensitive talks of this matter behind closed doors amongst ourselves. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that, that I'm not privy to on even on the internal side of things on how we, we go about um, finding information, talking to experts, uh, things like that, especially in this type of matter where uh, the leadership is talking with outside legal counsel, outside health experts. Um, and we've been getting some daily emails, um, kind of big picture type things um, on how things are going, what, what's happening in the news, in the world, things of that sort. And um, as we kind of get deeper into this, we've, um, you know, expect to have probably more conference call type um, get together, I guess you could sort of say, with uh, player leadership, executive sub player rep, that, that sort of thing. What was your initial thought on the 67-page the health guideline that the owners provided you with last week? It's definitely thorough, which, you know, from our side, I think that's that's what we're looking for. We don't want something where, um, you know, it's a half-hearted attempt to keep us safe. You know, it seems pretty thorough. You know, we definitely have, uh, you know, follow-up questions, clarifications on, on certain things that, you know, we just kind of want to make sure that we have everything, everything covered and, and we have as many answers as we possibly can to make the uh, – the best informed decision um, that we can. And, um, you know, just kind of talking talking with a few guys, uh, you know, it just seemed like it, there was definitely some optimism with what we've seen. And, you know, hopefully we can we can get some answers to uh, some of the questions that, that we have. Do you think that most of the players understand that this is a completely – different season, it, it will hopefully be an aberration and not necessarily uh, something going forward that will continue because, yes, you're asking a lot of everybody involved, but particularly you guys, to change certain habits. I mean, from spitting seeds to 
you know, sitting next to a buddy in the in the for you in the bullpen or, you know, giving somebody a high five or a bear hug after they did something really well out on the field. Can, do players get that, first of all, overall? And can they embrace the changes? Because baseball is a sport of habit. And it, I'm sure a lot of these things will be difficult. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot to to, to work through at the same time. You know, just kind of some things that get clear, cleared up. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I think if, um, you know, the guys want to play, uh, at the end of the day. And I think, uh, you know, we're willing to do what it takes. And if that means, you know, maybe curbing some habits, at least being maybe a little bit more conscious about certain things. And, you know, if that's what it takes, then I think that's, you know, maybe what we'll have to do. Um, you know, I think that there also could be some things, you know, we, we get to a point where, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it becomes a little bit easier to understand. And maybe once we get into the daily routine, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, maybe this, this part over here makes sense and that part needs to be cleared up. And, you know, that can be, uh, you know, hopefully that can be something that can be discussed with the team as we go along, um, you know, things like that. But I think the, the premise of, Guys, understanding that it's going to be different is, is certainly there. They, uh, they're definitely grasping that concept. Yeah, I think fans who, who are listening in have to understand the, these are not hard and fast guidelines. These are suggestions. These are ideas. And all of them, or some of them at the very least, will be massaged and, and could be massaged as the season unfolds also, correct? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, like you said, these are these are suggestions, and this is this is a you know a first proposal. So you know, there's going to be a little bit of back and forth. There's going to be a little bit of like, hey, can we shave some edges over here? Can we can we discuss this a little bit more? Um, you know, but I think you know, looking at you know maybe the way things have been going in Korea, you know, get a sense of optimism that you know whatever protocols that you know maybe suggested like, hey things can work or if everybody knows that, you know, we've, we've been being, we're being tested on a regular basis and, you know, everybody is, um, is staying clear of this virus and, okay, maybe, maybe certain things can be relaxed, you know, whatever it may be. I think that, I don't think anything, um, is really necessarily set in stone. Um, you know, I think maybe things might be able to get changed along the way. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but you know, we'll see how things play out. Did, did any of them make you laugh a little bit? Not not that they were intended to be uh, humorous, but, you know, it was so detailed. Did any of them go, come on, that ain't happening? Uh, well, maybe not so much that, but um, one of the ones I thought was kind of funny in a humorous way was just all the pitchers having their own rosin bags. Right. Uh, you know, understanding that, like, hey, we're trying to um, not have any communal touch of too many things uh, outside of the baseball. Um, maybe some things where I, I, I look at it, I laugh, or you know, you you understand that this is coming from uh, a perspective of health and safety rather than so much of a you know a baseball type perspective. Right. The the one that well, there were several that I said, well, that's probably not going to happen. But the the intent uh, to keep people safe, to keep you guys safe, it is. Paramount and understand that. I, I did get a chuckle out of the one where it was recommended that every half inning, when the guys come off the field, they all wash their hands. So there's like everybody six feet apart, 
and somebody taps Nolan on the shoulder, who's like sixth in line at that little sink in the bathroom down the uh, stairwell from the dugout. Uh, oh, no, but hey, Nolan, you got to get out of here. You're up next. So you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, maybe things like that might be, uh, I think the intention is, is good, but, you know, I think in practice, it's, uh, I think a bottle of Purell on the bench is probably, probably just as effective. Yeah. And overall, it, it would, you would think it would be one of the safest places to be because of the regular testing. So everyone in that environment that you're coming in contact with has been tested regularly and couldn't be there if they weren't negative. So I think just in theory alone, it should be one of the safer places. It should be safer than going to the supermarket. That's for damn sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the idea would be at least you know the people around you are either are clear to go. So, you know. Yeah, let me ask you, uh, Scott, about the, the money piece because that seems to at least – some information was leaked out, whether it's entirely accurate, what the what the owners are, are going to present. How contentious an issue do you think that ultimately will be behind closed doors? Uh, well, when we get a proposal, we'll see. Right. Um, and at this point, you know, I don't know exactly what thing, what, what it's actually going to look like in practice when it gets slid across the table. Um you know, I think at this point it's just kind of a kind of a wait and see, and you know, um, I think that those types of conversations, as easy as people want to be having them out in public, and it's it's an easy um, easy to scapegoat on. Uh, I think it's just it's one of those things that we discuss behind closed doors. Right, I would agree with that. I said that uh, earlier. Do you do you see and sense that this is a great opportunity for the sport, Scott, to take a big step forward and maybe even garner interest with some people that were more just passive fans of baseball, or maybe not fans at all of baseball? Yeah, I think anytime that you have an opportunity to be, um, you know, the only sport in really, you know, it definitely lends to that possibility and the uniqueness of this situation where. You know, we can definitely be that outlet for a lot of people that are hurting around the country to at least, you know, take their mind off of some realities that have been going on, you know, at least for a couple of hours. You know, I think that could be, you know, something that puts us in a, in a good light um, moving forward down the road. And, and yeah, maybe maybe there's opportunity to um, to reach new audiences that maybe haven't haven't taken an interest in baseball in the past and. And right. people that 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 are really dying and really missing the game right now, they can they can pass that along to their to their children, their grandchildren, and, and create new fans because that's really you know I think this game is is unique in that way where you know it's it's always been a sport that gets passed down um, from uh, generationally, and that's where the the interest really starts coming in. Uh, you know, is that really? really young young age and, and you end up getting fans for life that way. Scotty, with your with your workouts and your preparation and of course it's been difficult because there's an uncertainty. It's not like, okay, I'm I'm ramping up because I know pitchers and catchers report on February tenth, which is what your normal winter looks like and you know how to get yourself ready for February 10th. You don't know when you're going to get that phone call. Hopefully it's now going to come at some point you know, the first part of June or, or mid-June, 
at the latest. How long will it take you to be ready to get major league hitters out late in a ball game? Uh, well, hopefully, I can I can get the hitters out right now because I have been doing everything that I I normally would try to be doing. Um, you know, I'm still throwing bullpens. I'm throwing nearly every day. I'm getting my workouts in. Uh, it's a little bit different just because I'm not throwing with anybody in particular. Uh, I'm trying to stay as safe as as I possibly can and, and not get any overexposure. So you know, I'm doing everything into a net right now. Uh, but I think from a relief pitcher's perspective on things, the buildup is, is a lot easier to manage than a starter where, you know, a guy like Freeland or Marquez, uh, you know, they kind of have to pace themselves over this time period and, and – you find the right time to really build back up because you don't really want those guys cranking out 90-pitch bullpens right now if you can avoid it to save their arms, save their bullets, where as a relief pitcher, you know, I can jump on my mound, throw 15, 20, 25 pitches, call it a day, do that a couple of times a week, and, you know, I should be good to go um, just because, uh, you know, if I'm throwing more than 30 pitches, in an outing, it's, it probably, you know, it's got a couple uh, crooked numbers on the board, and Buddy might be coming out to take the ball from me. So it's, uh, right. you know, I think it's a little bit easier to manage uh, uh, this moving target, uh, or whatever you want to call it right now, kind of, you know, not having a specific date to be looking forward to. It, 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 I think it's just it, it's a little bit easier uh, for, for a release pitcher. I know the I know the politically correct uh, statement to or, or answer to my next question would be, you've had a taste of the ninth inning. Uh, you've been a very reliable setup guy. You seem to be peaking now as a late inning guy. The numbers have been very very good. How important is it for you to eventually say, hey, the ninth inning is mine? Yeah, I mean, hopefully it gets to that point. Um, you know, at least from a personal standpoint, but. Um, you know, right now I want to, I want to, I still want to win. We still have a lot of our pieces together, uh, you know, from the playoff run that we had a couple of years ago. And I think that we were trending in the right direction. I think it was, it was definitely disappointing that all this happened, at least, you know, maybe selfishly from a team standpoint that, you know, cause I felt like, you know, guys are really coming in with with some determination, with the, with that fire in their eyes. So it was, it was going to be, I think it was going to be a fun year. You know, I thought a lot of, I thought a lot, I saw a lot of good things with a lot of our pitchers. You know, I was really encouraged by that. And you know, ultimately, whether you're going in the middle of the inning, middle middle innings, or late innings, starter, whatever, you know, whatever your role may be, I think the, the ultimate thing is just to make sure that. You know, you want to feel like you're contributing to the plus side of things as as frequently as you can. And you know, for me, that you know, that's that's where that's where I want to be at. Um, you know, eighth, ninth inning to me, like at this point, doesn't really doesn't really make a difference. Um, you know, because I want to see Wade Davis succeed. If Wade's succeeding, then we're succeeding as a team, and uh, hopefully that that makes that means that we're in. A good position for playoff contention and fighting for a championship. So, Scotty, can it benefit the Rockies that it's going to be more of a sprint? We always refer to the baseball season of 162 games as a marathon, and you can have tough sections of the season. I mean, look no further than the Washington Nationals, who I believe last year were 12 or 13 under 500 at one point. You probably can't afford to have that kind of a lull 
in what will be somewhere around a half a season worth of games. Can that in some way benefit the Rockies? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's going to be tricky for everybody because if, you know, however many games we end up playing, if it is the 82-game benchmark, whatever, you know, theoretically the games count twice as much. So, um, you know, it's it's it, it, it really um, – it's really important that we everybody gets off to the to the right start, and you can't. It's really tough to predict where guys are at um, without any true measurements of of, of success early on. Um, at least at this point, with with you know guys still basically going back into kind of like a training off season type of um, you know physical, I guess, mentality where you know you know guys are hitting off tees, guys are having to be creative with their workout. So, um, you know, hopefully it does bode well for us and hopefully it does, um, you know, hopefully we can get off to a really a good start out of the gate, you know, first uh, first time through, at least the first two or three times through the rotation where, you know, we're on the plus side of things and, um, you know, whenever we end up starting, hopefully, you know, we're getting into the later months of, of the season with uh, – a positive outlook moving towards uh, possible playoff contention. So, you know, it's tough to say right now um, with there being a lot of uncertainty in so many different different facets, but it's it definitely could, could lead that way if we get off to a hot start. Is that a movable number from a negotiation standpoint, the, the number of games? Because if it, if it does come down to what you all negotiated and agreed to in, in March – the number of games is is important, uh, especially from the player standpoint, because the the more games you play, the the more money one would make if that's the direction that is settled upon between you know, your union and the owners. Yeah, you know, from a player standpoint, we want we would ideally like to play as many games as possible, you know, um, just to create the feel of some normalcy within a regular 162 game season. Because uh, you know, going from 162 to 82 or 81, you know, whatever it may be, is going to be strange in and of itself. So I think, um, you know, you want to protect as much of the integrity of the game as you can. And I think by doing that, you uh, you try to play as many games as possible. Great. Hey, as I let you go, overall optimism. Uh, when we – will we will we be playing Major League Baseball, watching Major League Baseball? You'll be playing Major League Baseball early part of July? That's That's the hope, man, you know. I'm trying to stay as optimistic as I possibly can, not not reading into too many things and not trying to go down too many rabbit holes with all of this. But, you know, I'm staying optimistic. I'm staying physically and mentally ready with everything. So, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's my goal is to be playing Major League Baseball before, before, the, uh, before the fall. Very good. Well, I'll let you finish up your workout, Scott. It's always good catching up. Stay well. Uh, best to your family. And I look forward to seeing you shortly. Yeah, thanks, Drew. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, Ideal Home Loans brings you our interview of the week, and that was a great interview with Scott Oberg. The good news is, Drew, is that, you know, we want to talk about um, the disagreements about the money, whether it's prorated or they should split at the gate. But when you listen to that interview, you do realize that it is going to get worked out because the guys, they really, they just want to get back and play. It's going to get worked out. Right. And, and listen, they have an, an agenda and they want to be treated from their standpoint fairly from a financial uh, place but they want to play. They're going to find common ground. I'm really optimistic they will. You heard him 
state, and, and I'm in complete agreement with this. I've said this the last couple of weeks. You can't negotiate in public. You can't leak out information to, to think that you're going to sway the public and put more pressure on one side or the other. It should be done behind closed doors, and hopefully it will be done. And the next time we really get significant news, as opposed to speculation about news, Julie, it'll be, hey, the deal is done. Camps are going to open on June 10th, and the first game is going to be July 1st or something along those lines. And, yeah. and then we can move beyond. Because, listen, even even this, Julie, when, when we're talking about millionaires and billionaires splitting up a pie, when we had even, – even in the best economy, and the economy was cranking a few months ago, even in the best economy, nobody wants to hear about that. Yeah, People who love sports love it for many reasons, but it is escapism. It's escape from the daily grind. It's escape from your own stresses, financial or otherwise. So sure as shit, nobody wants to hear about millionaires and billionaires trying to figure out how they're going to split up a reduced pot that is still enormous. I love it when you cuss. I know you do. It's kind of like <laughs> Kind of like those dreams you've had about co-working. Right, right. Uh, also good to hear that he's he feels like he's in game shape. Nolan Arenado, just, we just heard from Nolan today that he's come out and said he's in game shape, no question. He's ready to go. He's been lifting, hitting out, you know, taking ground balls. Nothing is like game action. But he said he's ready to go physically, mentally. And, I mean, that's great to hear as well that they feel like these guys feel like they can hit the ground running. Cause actually when you think about it, I mean, it's the middle of May right now, maybe in a, maybe in a month, Drew, they're back in spring training. Yeah. Hopefully less than that. Right. It's hopefully in a, in a few weeks, we're talking about things that are going on at Coors fields. The strange thing of Coors field as a place that they'll have spring training 2.0, but that's in, yeah. in large likelihood where it would take place. And that's that's exciting. They just have to get through uh, this period of time. Every player we've either had on the podcast, Julie, with us, or that we've had an opportunity to visit with off air, they're all focused. They're all in great shape. You haven't heard about anybody who, not that they would ad admit this, they just said, well, I just stopped working out because it seemed like we weren't going to play or whatever. And, and I'm sure other teams are in that, in that same boat. The other thing that I've heard from Rockies players to a man is that they really liked what they saw back in camp. They have that proverbial chip on their shoulder because last year did not go well. And it's a confident bunch and one that really feels it can make some noise. And I love the lines Scott had during our interview. And that is that every game now is is worth two games from what a normal season is, right? It's a sprint. It's not a marathon anymore. If in fact they're playing somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty-two ball games, well, I mean, just think about if they get out to a hot start, right? Hot start gets you in the playoffs. It, exactly. Think about last year, Julie. Washington, what were they? Twelve or thirteen games under five hundred the first month and a half, two months of the season. People were they wanted to fire Dave Martinez, and when the season ended, they were the last one standing. I don't think you can fall 10, 12 games under 500 in a half a season and recover. You can clearly in 162, but you can't in a much shorter version of the season. So, you know, yeah, you're going to probably lose three or four in a row. You can't lose six or seven in a row. Not this year. Here's my favorite question of the podcast. What are you doing tomorrow? I am. What am I doing tomorrow? One of the things I'm doing is I think with the boys, we're going to go up to 
Red Rocks and run some hills up there. You can't you can't go in Red Rocks and run stairs, but there's so many great trails around Red Rocks. We may go up there and run. What happened to your camping thing? Did you guys go? We're going to do that. I've been looking at different tents. I told you I have to update my tent. Right. And uh, we're going to we're going to do that. Why you want to go? How many boys? Uh, at least one, if not two, will be going. Sure. Really, you're in. Actually, I've nothing better to do. So yes. When was the last time you went camping? Did you go camping as a family growing up? You and Wendy and your parents? Oh yeah, yeah. We used to have one of those pop up trailers. Oh. Um, I I love camping. Now, as I get older, the less I want to spend it on the ground. Um, I'm not going to lie; it really hurts the next morning. You sure? you 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 know this, right? Like. If you don't get an airbed, you're going to be in a massive amount of pain. No, well, we originally I used to have those little when when I first got married, we had the little mats that you roll out, and they were like an inch thick. Right. And yes, you woke up and you were like, "Oh my gosh, I might as well have slept on a slab of granite." But we went out finally, and and you know, you bought like king size mattresses. It was car camping. Come on, it was just short of the Ritz. So yeah, we're gonna sleep on a mattress. Very good. That'll be fun. I'm um, have a wonderful time. And uh, I'll talk to you next week, and hopefully we we have some good news. Yeah, be honest and share your dreams next week. Uh, you know, I wanted to, but then I was like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> you used to go out on that limb, and now all of a sudden through the coronavirus, you've gotten very conservative. I know. Hey, have a great one. Everybody stay safe out there. And as Julie said, hopefully next week we have uh, really good news to talk about. <laughs>